Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Realities of Real Estate. I'm your host, Reagan, and for this week's episode, I'm actually going to go over a listener's request. They wanted to know more about the house hacking market, and basically what that entails is remodeling or flipping your house, or um, potentially getting a bunch of properties for rentals or Airbnbs, or even turning your own house into an Airbnb, um, because that's really popular nowadays. So I hope this kind of helps some of those of you who are looking to get into into the real estate game or expand your property portfolio and kind of learn how to make either passive income or flip your house and make some profit. So I hope you guys enjoy and you can always let me know on Instagram or Facebook or anything if you guys have any requests or questions about the episodes. I've actually been in this industry since I was 15. You do not need to get your license to become an investor. I cringe every time I hear the words estimate. So it's just you don't typically picture a 40 or 50 year old woman listening to like rap music. And I think 99% of realtors are gonna agree with me on that one. Doing stuff outside your comfort zone, sometimes it really pays off. Pays off. Okay, so the first one I want to cover is remodeling. So flipping and remodeling are two different things. So um, remodeling is whenever, you know, you've lived in a house for a long time. Whenever you bought it, maybe it was, you know, perfect. It was, you know, up to date and up to trend with all of the things that were popular, you know, 20 years ago. But you're thinking about downsizing or upsizing and you want to move maybe in the next six months, year or so, and you're like, well, if I put this on the market now, everybody would think it's super outdated and I think maybe we should upgrade it so it would sell a lot faster or maybe improve the value. So you just, you have to be careful um, not to spend too much money when remodeling because of course, you know, sometimes it doesn't always improve the value or increase the value. Um, and I would, I would say instead of looking at it, like remodeling might increase your value of your home, you should just look at it as it will help you compete with, um, the other properties in your area and neighborhood that are up to date. So, Basically, you might not necessarily be able to get more than the house next door that has the same countertops and wooden floors and paint colors as you, but you'll be able to sell it for top dollar and just as much, and if maybe more if you have a bigger house or something, um, and you won't have to sell below market value because your house needs so much work done to it cosmetically. Um, so basically it doesn't necessarily increase like you can't just you know get a bunch of hardwood floors and then all of a sudden your house increases by 30 grand <laughs> that's not really how it works however if you have tons of stuff outdated in your house your house can decrease by you know 10 20 grand if everyone else in your neighborhood or area is up to date if that makes sense so it just kind of helps you compete basically puts you on the plane boards so um, you definitely want to look into remodeling if really if you think that your house is just so outdated that it would have trouble selling. And this is where I always 
want um, my future sellers to come to me first whenever they um, are wondering what they should upgrade or what they should remodel. And I've, I've done this several times. I kind of go over and I say, okay, I think you should invest in this, but not that. I think you should just clean out this and not really change that. Because nine times out of 10, you're going to remodel or you're going to do something for a potential buyer. And if we're being honest, a lot of buyers come in and put their own paint colors <laughs> on that they like. Um, maybe they'll change their floors or change the carpets and kind of adapt the house to what they want it to look like. So you're not always going to be able to predict what the future buyer is going to want. So that's, you know, one reason not to spend too much money, but also, you know, like I said, it doesn't always increase the value. So you want to make sure to spend your money where it matters. So something that I always think is worth it, if you have just an ugly paint color, <laughs> just, just really obnoxious or very, very specific to your taste, but maybe you know it's not, you know, what the average person who would be coming through would like, definitely go with like a neutral color on the walls. Um, don't spend a whole lot of money, you know, but definitely go with a neutral color. Right now, whites and grays are still trending. So those are always pretty safe. You can do a lot with those. And something else is with the floors. I only recommend redoing the floors if like your carpet is just trashed. Like it has stains, it smells, <laughs> there's missing patches and stuff. If it's just disgusting and old and moldy, then yes, replace the carpet again with the neutral natural colors. Um, something that is soft and easy to clean and easy to look at that can go with almost anything. But if your carpet's in pretty good shape, just leave it. Just if, if your, you know, wood floors, if your tiles are in pretty good shape, just leave it. Don't worry about it because if, you know, someone comes in and they don't like the color of the tiles, then that's something that they can upgrade later on down the road once they've moved in and, you know, have some more money saved up. But that's not something that's going to necessarily make or break the deal for your house. Um, same goes for, you know, things that are broken around the house. Um, if your countertops, you know, are like stained and terrible and have chunks missing and um, you can see little knife cut marks everywhere or maybe there's just that weird spot in the bathroom that you just like can't get off the countertop for some reason. That's whenever it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we should consider replacing. Don't spend again, I think I've repeated this maybe four times now, but don't spend too much. Just find something that looks clean and natural and neutral because it'll be able to work with whatever the buyer um, wants to put in the house normally. And like I said, nine times out of 10, they'll probably end up replacing it down the road anyway, but you just want something to look clean. So so that's kind of, you know, if you're planning on upgrading or remodeling a few things because you want to sell within the next six months to a year, um, basically, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But if something is just horribly out of place or if it is really bad looking, you know, like maybe you have a door that's just all marked up and scratched up because you have a big dog. Yeah, replace that. Go ahead. Go ahead and do that. Make it look nice. You know, if there's you know, chips on the wall where maybe your kids' toys have scratched and stuff, go ahead and, you know, 
touch up and paint over that. And if you have, you know, 1950s bathroom in the hall, but the rest of your house is modern and gray and white and sleek and shiny, that that could be something you might want to look into <laughs> remodeling. I did actually have um, some potential sellers that I went to their house in Midtown, and that's kind of what it was. Like their whole house was modern and pretty and shiny, but um, there was like this hall bath that was just like, I think it was like pink and green tile, you know, just very, very very old <laughs> um, style kind of bathroom. And I mean, yeah, it was cute in like, you know, the 70s or whatever, but it just wasn't going to work for today's day and age. And it just didn't match the rest of the house. That's kind of the, the thing where you might consider just making it look a little bit modern. Obviously, don't go all out and make it your dream bathroom because, well, you're going to sell it in six months. But if if something is just like completely out of place, then yes, for sure, go ahead and update it to something that is clean and neutral looking. But the other um, way you can remodel is if you plan on staying in your home for a lot longer, but you just want to kind of upgrade the house. You just want to, you know, you've had the same furniture, the same color on the walls, the same carpet for 20 years. And you know you're going to be here for maybe another 10 years, but you kind of want to spice things up. You want to give it a new look. You want to give it a makeover and stuff like that. A lot of people have professional companies that come in and just remodel the entire house. Um, some people can get by with, you know, painting old furniture and painting the walls, maybe getting some new carpet and getting a few new accessories and decor and just completely changing the look of the room. Um, that's actually what my mom used to do. Um, the house that I grew up in, they've, oh my gosh, my parents have probably painted that, you know, two or three times now, <laughs> but you know, every 10 or so years, she'll kind of like redo the entire house. So now, um, she doesn't necessarily go out and just completely knock down walls or get new countertops and just completely shape shift the entire place. But she does, um, like move the couches around, maybe get some new furniture and colors, she does paint, um, freshen things up a little bit, just gets new accessories and just moves things around to where it looks nice and clean and up to date. So that's just something that you can also do to save money. Um, if you're someone who has a little bit more of a budget, then for sure look into um, hiring someone who's professional. And really, you know, those companies are a little bit more for if you have a house that is like built in the 1950s and it still has the 50s tile on the countertops in the bathroom and stuff like that. And you really just need it to like function better um, and you need walls opened up and knocked down to kind of open up the living room to the kitchen, maybe stuff like that. That's whenever you really want to hire someone professional. And there's tons um, of people and companies that are doing that now that make houses look amazing. So if you do that, I would say, of course, if you put in work to a very, very old house, um, it will increase the value um, because, you know, you've spent the money, the time and the effort to make things up to date and working again. And a lot of that goes to not just cosmetic, but also to making sure the bones of the house work. So, you know, the structural issues, if there's any 
roof, hot water heater, AC and heater and stuff like that. That's what people care the most about, especially in old houses. If you have kind of a newer house, then you could always kind of just do what my parents used to do, just kind of freshen th some things up by um, paint and some new furniture and some new accessories and stuff like that, but maybe not spend an entire fortune on reshaping the whole house. So that's remodeling. Um, then I'll kind of go into flipping now. So flipping is primarily what investors do, is whenever they buy a house that is just falling apart, um, really old, needs a lot of work, has a lot of damage, holes in the floor and roof, stuff like that. And yes, I have shown houses with holes in both the floor and the roof. <laughs> um, and I mean, the houses are pretty much just falling apart, like they're going to fall over. Um at that point, either people will buy them for the lot value and bulldoze them and build a new construction house, or um, if the house still has some good bones um, and they think that they could make it work still, then they will you know, get everything repaired structurally and start on the cosmetics last. Um, and what they do for flipping is basically they buy it pretty cheap. They buy it either for the lot value or for you know the location or for what it could potentially be. Um, they make sure to um, work out the numbers to where they buy it for an amount that leaves them with enough room to where whenever they pay all of their contractors and pay for all of the repairs and all the materials, they can still sell it at X amount and get X amount of profit, if that makes sense. So flipping's more for like you buy it, you flip it, you repair it, you redo it, you completely turn it inside out, and then you resell it. Um, and you can usually get maybe 10 to 30,000 profit, depends on you know, what kind of house it is, how big it is, where it's at. And that's just for the Tulsa area. Um, for other areas, it's a lot bigger. But that's normally kind of the profit margin that I see for flip houses here. Um, those are, you know, very quick and more business-like. It's not, it's not, you're not like attached to the home necessarily because it's just something that you bought and you wanted to redo real quick and make it new again, kind of renovate it. So that's also something that you could think about doing if you like the home that you're in, don't really want to sell it or remodel it, but want to get more properties and you like doing the work for sure. Now, if you just want to get more properties, but you maybe not like doing the contracting work, um, then you can kind of look on getting properties for rentals. So in order to make rentals profitable and really work, you have to get a house and either pay cash or get a low enough mortgage, meaning you have to pay a, a huge down payment and have a low monthly payment. Um, to where whenever you rent it out, you are leasing it for more than what your mortgage payment is on it. So if you have a $1,200 a month mortgage payment, you do not want to lease out that house for $1,000 a month. You definitely want to make it worthwhile. Um, so you are making profit each month that you have that. And what works best is if you have several more, even more than several, if you have a ton of rental properties, because then instead of just making, you know, an extra 200 bucks a month from your one property, you could be making an extra 1200 a month from your six properties or 10 properties or however many that you can acquire basically. 
Um, and that's kind of where it gets more profitable is the more and more properties that you get, the more and more um, income that you have coming in and it all just kind of builds up. And the only thing about rentals that can get tricky is the landlord business. <laughs> I have heard people who hate being landlords. Um, some people are really relaxed and chilled and um, they love it and they love meeting and helping new people. Um, but I do recommend if you're looking to get into the rental business, you might want to look at property managers because they can help with all of the annoying tenant stuff. <laughs> Basically, whenever... Um, you know, all the paperwork, all of the complaints, all of that stuff like that. Um, they can help take some of that stress off of being a property manager slash landlord. And you will have to give them, you know, a percentage of your profits. However, it makes it more of a passive income type of thing for you instead of something that you have to manage every single month. Because then it's almost like, well, I got all these rentals, but geez, they take up my entire day. Um, they always have a problem or they always have a leak or something that I have to fix or do. And you don't want, if you get rentals, you do not want it to be something that takes up your entire work day, you know, your work week. You want to be able to have that money coming in while you're doing other stuff. Rentals are supposed to be for passive income and unless you just love being a landlord and managing a bunch of people and properties, um, then I don't recommend doing that. I would, I would hire that out for sure. Um, but yes, you do kind of need a lot of um, down payment, cash flow, and stuff like that. And you need to kind of know how to vet some tenants and some people because there have been plenty of cases where people have come in and just trashed the house. There's always a possibility of that. And then there's some people that come in and they are just, you know, a young family trying to get started and save up for their um, first home and they take great care of it. So um, definitely location matters a lot because the location you have your rental property in will increase or decrease the demand and also it'll attract a certain audience so if you have for example in Tulsa if you have a rental property in Midtown you will have a high high influx of people wanting to stay there because it's a popular area lots of young couples and young families and young people stay there and people usually want to rent downtown or rent in a highly populated area before they can afford to buy a house of their own and it's just like a good area but if you're out in the country and um, you just have this one lone rental like way out there it'd be a little bit harder to find someone who wants to rent that just because it's you know way out there it's very specific um, you'd have to have a certain type of person who wants to have a certain type of rural house on land so if you are looking for an Airbnb that's definitely a good idea, um, but you want to make sure you find a house or a condo or a little apartment area in a highly desired, high populated area. Um, downtowns, anywhere near shopping centers, uh, lots of restaurants, high touristy area. You probably want to avoid just, you know, the random house in a random neighborhood in a random suburb type thing. You can do that. However, you're going to have a lot more success if you're in a high desired area. Um, there's tons in Tulsa, and I've actually stayed in a few, um, 
they're really good for like, you know, parties, bachelorette parties, type of thing like birthdays, or just if you need somewhere to stay for a few months, um, but don't want to sign like a long-term lease. Lots of people do that. Um, I actually had some clients who moved from Arizona and were staying at an Airbnb until we basically closed on the house. So they stayed for maybe a month or two and they just, you know, couldn't really, didn't want to sign a long-term lease agreement or anything because they knew that they were going to be buying a house soon. However, they didn't want to just keep paying for a hotel (laughs) every single night because it is usually cheaper than hotels um, if you're staying there for a long period of time. However, a lot less commitment on your part than an actual rental. So, that's the kind of person that you're going to attract. You're going to attract people who are staying for a shorter period of time, but want somewhere nice to live instead of just a hotel. You're going to attract people who want to host birthday and bachelor parties and stuff and need somewhere um, nice and fun to stay. A lot of colleges have them around. A lot of universities, a lot of people who are staying for a semester or for a few months and want to split it with a bunch of roommates. There's tons of like that. So if you're by a college, downtown area, highly populated shopping center with lots of restaurants and everything like that, that's definitely the place you want to be. The downside to Airbnbs is unlike rentals that are long-term and that you can sign a contract agreement with a tenant saying, you're going to rent from me from X amount of time, six months to a year, um, with guaranteed income, you don't have that with Airbnb. So when you're going through something like a pandemic, (laughs) global pandemic, or just a slow season where people aren't traveling a lot, it is going to kill the Airbnb business a little bit because people obviously aren't traveling right now. Um, They aren't wanting to stay in unfamiliar places because of COVID and, you know, staying healthy and staying safe and stuff like that. So your, your income isn't always guaranteed. Basically, your business with that will ebb and flow with the rest of the world and its market and economy. So once everything like traveling starts picking up again, Airbnbs will for sure start picking up again, just like hotels and everybody else in the world right now. Um, but how you should go about that is if you have a house that is maybe maybe a little bit smaller, just like really cute, just really cute houses, maybe just a cute small condo with a bedroom or two that's pretty updated, um, kind of cool in a cool area, um, you might consider doing that. Maybe you don't want to be a landlord and have to deal with all of those problems, but you do think you can make some money um, kind of leasing out your place or renting it out for a few weeks at a time or something. I think that's definitely the way to go for Airbnbs. If you know you're in a cool area, have a cool house, and you don't want to deal with the hassle of the long-term tenants and property management, but you think you can make some money, then definitely go that route. Um, When it's best to do that is whenever you've pretty much paid off your house or you can afford double payments because obviously you're you're probably not going to be living there. (laughs) I don't recommend that. If you're going to be living at your house and... um, sharing it with some stranger. That was probably be a little scary. Um, but if you can keep paying the mortgages on the Airbnb house and then in whatever house that you've moved into, 
that's that's great too. But ideally, you'd probably want to have it mostly paid off because unlike with the rental properties, that income's just never going to be secure completely or guaranteed. So there might be some months where it doesn't get um, booked and you have to be able to still make the payments on time or just have it paid off so you don't have to have that on your shoulders. So um, so those are just a few different ways you can kind of make money in the real estate market without being a realtor, of course. Um, flipping, remodeling, rentals, Airbnb, they're all kind of just different aspects and you just have to think like what's going to fit best for you and your story and where you're at right now. Um, you know, are you looking to sell within a year? Are you looking to just make a quick flip and profit? Are you looking for something long term and to really expand your portfolio? Or are you looking for something as just kind of a side hustle because you know you have a cute space and a cute place? So I hope that helps some of you guys kind of narrow down maybe what you want to do, where you want to go. And of course, like I said, if you ever have any questions, suggestions, um, feel free to contact me on Instagram. It's underscore Reagan Lee. And you can always send me what topics that you want to hear next as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed and please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And I will see you guys next week.